Hi, I'm Janet Shield Scott, and you're listening to JanetFitBeautyStyle.com, a lifestyle talk guide with expert advice on beauty, fashion, wellness, real estate, entertainment, and fun celebrity secrets. Hello and welcome to a Janet Shield Scott podcast. I'm your host, Janet Shield Scott. Coming up in this podcast, you'll hear behind-the-scenes conversations about the first short film set in the 1970s, a black exploitation spoof titled Black Star Warrior, debuting on June 24th, so you don't want to miss it. It's on Bounce TV, a brown sugar original. Check your local listings for the times. Starring Leonard Roberts, best known for his roles in American Sniper, TNT Major Crimes, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and many more. Joining the conversation are co-creators and executive producers, Simon Ore and Matt Haley. And the conversation is moderated by Septosa Foster. So, but before we get to that, let's get to our inspiring quotes for today. Turn your cats into cans and your dreams into plants. We'll be right back after this message. If you would like more inspiring messages, log on to my Facebook page or my Instagram page or my Twitter page, JanetShieldScott.com or JanetFitBeautyStyle.com. Sports fans, PassPros.com has it all. Baseball, basketball, hockey, and soccer. Get autographs and memorabilia direct from former pro athletes. Don't forget to check out the upcoming events page for special events near you. PassPros.com offers t-shirts, athletic gear, artwork, vintage cards. Log on to PassPros.com. Welcome back to JanetTheBeautyStyle.com, a Janet Shield Scott podcast. I'm your host, Janet Shield Scott. Well, let's get to the behind-the-scenes conversation about the uh, brand-new comedy drama, Black Star Warrior, starring Leonard Roberts. And we've got, again, as I said before, uh, the co-creators, Simon Ory and... Uh, Matt Haley, they're also the executive producers, and uh, moderated by Septosa Foster. Take a listen. What kind of research yeah. did you have to do to give Black Star Warrior that feel? Because it really looks, you know, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Austin Powers or Black Dynamite or something like that. And so, I mean, but there's a consistent thread throughout, you know, the costumes, the set design, the script, everything. It's still very, you know, believable. What did you guys, where did you go? What resources did you have to access to to get that 70s feel? Well, this is Matt. I uh, am from the 70s, and so I grew up on a lot of this stuff. I, uh, it's a blend because as a kid, all I really cared about was science fiction, but I grew up in, in uh, downtown Houston and a lot of the movies that I snuck into as a kid were the so-called black films. So I saw Shaft when I was a kid. I saw Superfly, although I'm not sure I understood it. Um, a lot of those movies, Coffee and Foxy Brown and Trouble Man and, and a lot of my favorites. Uh, and what struck me about them is that they were just heroes 
you know, I didn't look at them as, uh, I mean, I, they were some of the first movies I saw when I was a kid, so I just saw them as, okay, they're just heroes running around doing their thing. And so to find out later that these were unusual films, I guess that didn't really make any sense to me. So a lot of it I was familiar with, but it had been many years since I'd seen it. And so one of our, our writers, David Walker, who has written books and directed films about this for me, he's forgotten more about it than I'll ever know, sat me down with Elfman Peebles, Sweet Sweet Max Badass Song, Watermelon Man, all the stuff that he, that he had done. And we just went through the entire collection of film, went through the entire collection of literature from the time, uh, interviewed some of the actors and some of the producers, and it was important to me, and I know it's important to Leonard and Simon as well, that we do this authentically, that it's not a parody. You know, it is funny, but I guess we don't look at it as a comedy so much. It's had to feel like a real event, a real show from the time, and with Simon's ability to write, it allows us to explore today's issues through that lens, so we've got a bit of a protection. Does that make sense? Yes, that, that makes sense. Um, did anybody, um, you know, Simon, did you have any kind of contribution? Because even like some of the slang, and I don't know how much improv was um, involved in that, but you kind of have to really know what the tone is from those that era of films to be to make it kind of believable. Even though it's tongue-in-cheek, you still, it has to make sense. Like, what did you have to to pull from, to, to write that into the script. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, this is Simon. Uh, it was really just watching old movies. A, a big part of it was actually the old Batman, the animated show. I mean, not the animated show, the old uh, Adam West Batman. Uh, oh, yeah. Because there are certain, certain scenes that are just, I know it's supposed to be campy and it was supposed to be for kids, but there were actors in it that took these scenes so seriously and and, uh, and and delivered these lines that were so ridiculous with such just dedication that it, it just mm -hmm. made me go, okay, what is, what is, and, and, you know, Leslie Nielsen in Airplane is another kind of like, if you isolate just his performances, it's, he's just mm -hmm. playing it incredibly dramatically. And, yeah, uh, if you watch Frank Gordon from the old yeah. Batman show, he's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Even so, Frank Green like, and I, I think the, the big thing that clicked for me once, we were in uh, Matt's apartment and we were watching an episode of the original Batman where Liberace plays uh, twin brothers. And there's like a, a gangster Liberace and a Liberace Liberace. And he is, and there's like this incredibly weird set design and, and all these things that don't make any sense that I'm, I was thinking, oh, I can just imagine the day of shooting where Liberace's like, I want a stuffed ostrich in the background. And they're like, sure. And, uh, and someone else comes in and goes, I've got these bagpipes, put them in. And I was like, okay, well, that spirit of, you know what, Ed Wood it. Let's figure it out later and just like put it in as much as we can makes uh, makes every scene uh, you, you, you can get authentic by just leaning into just be ridiculous and see how serious ridiculous can be this is uh, Leonard chiming in uh, to, to second these emotions here um, the earnestness that, that was a word that we kept going back to and because Matt and Simon both have these deep deep wells to draw from with respect to the 70s era cinema and that the, the interesting sci-fi uh, and the tonal world that like the Batman and 
shows in the, the 80s that led into the 80s as well. I think it all, it, it gave me permission to just go full out because I knew that we had an authenticity from both ends and we just commit and, and dive in. And, and so, Leonard, um, you know, how did you come across this project? I mean, I'm, we've all seen you over the years. You have these very sophisticated roles, and I don't think I remember you playing anything kind of comedic. Um, so, like, how did you, you know, how were you presented, or is this your brainchild? And then why did you feel like it was important for you to work on this? Well, I was approached, I was working on a, a show, Heroes, at the time, and uh, I was approached by one of our producers, Brian Fuller, and he said, I'm, I know this guy, Matt Haley, and I'm just going to throw something out at you, and I think I need to get you guys in a room together. And he sent me a mock-up of Lando Calrissian as Shaft. And it had the, I mean, it was, one, it was just beautifully drawn. Like, the, the artwork was amazing. But the, the image was so evocative, I was like, okay, I got to see this guy. He came down from Portland. We talked. I got the full perspective of, of, of what he wanted to do um, with this short film, this Lando film. And that was what made me jump into it. I, I had never done anything like it, and I had talked to Brian Fuller about it for, for the entire time we were working together on Heroes. He said, I think mm -hmm. this is something you could get down with, and we just had a ball. Um, for whatever reason, those types of roles um, don't often cross my desk, so it was cool to just jump in both feet and just have a have a ball with it i love it now do you think that um you know now with so this week superfly is premiering and you know it's part of the black exploitation genre and i know that you know part of the you know the the tongue-in-cheekness of a black soul warrior is you know it kind of pulls a little bit from that era do you think that this short is you know, does it fit into that conversation? Is it timely? Like, what is the value of releasing this now and, and, and having a project like this, especially to a young audience that didn't grow up in the 70s? They didn't know about, you know, Foxy Brown or Superfly or anything like that. So for um, you all to be presenting this, you know, right now to the marketplace, um, is it is it relevant to the conversation that we're having right now in terms of the headlines of, of, of black exploitation, or is it completely? Are you you know moving in a complete direction of your own? I think it can. It, it has a multiple purpose. Um, I think it it acts as a as a bridge to that era, and you're able to go back and and see how these films were created, the, the state of the world that, that birthed this movement. But then you also get a perspective of where we are now, in the sense that a character like Tyson can serve a very different purpose in today's climate. Uh, Ron O 
O'Neal's Priest is going to be very different from Trevor Jackson. Yeah, how they yeah. they are the heroes, but they're both still heroes. And Tyson, one of the things that really me into Tyson as a hero is that there's another plate we're spinning where you heroes now starting when this golden age of TV was ushered in with Tony Soprano, Walter White, Don Draper. These guys are deeply flawed and and complicated in a way that heroes couldn't be in that time. We needed to see a guy taking it to the man with no irony because that was necessary for the audience. Now, we have a little perspective and we see that we can have heroes that are flawed and, you know, the, uh, we can have a, a full rounded person or we can have like a, a strictly comedic, earnest depiction of a role. Like they can both exist in the world now because of how far we've come. And that's what I'm excited to show. It's a bridge to that time. It's a bridge to now. It's, Driving the fence of drama, comedy, sci-fi, love. There's a nostalgia element to it. All these things, I think, can contribute to the conversation. This is Matt. If I could jump in for a sec uh, to echo what Leonard's talking about. For me, you know, again, I'm I'm from the '70s. I was a kid, but I remember it. And you know, especially with what's happening in our country right now, politically, with the absolute insanity that's going on. You know, we're in. People talk about how the, the '80s is really hip right now. Well, honestly, we're not in the '80s. We're in the '70s again, and uh, you know, things were pretty dire back then. We don't really know how things are going to go over the next few years. But I think that it's time to use this format to talk about what's going on in our society. And comedy, frankly, is a really great way to do that because that way you're not preaching at people; you're just dramatizing what's going on, where we've been, and where we're going. Uh, so that, to me, more than anything, is what what I like about this show. With shows like South Park or animated shows where they comment on society because they're animated, it's removed from the audience, and so that's why they have disclaimer in the beginning. Really, nobody should be watching the show, and so it kind of protects them. But you can have cartoons do things that you can't necessarily have live action people saying because they're real people saying those things. I think with comedy. And with sci-fi, I'm hoping that that gives us a couple of removes from the audience so that we can address this stuff. And that's why the conceit of the show is that it's a lost show from the late 70s that nobody has ever heard of. And it was so groundbreaking, it's kind of been buried. I, I'm hoping uh, that's going to allow us, uh, Simon and his team of writers, uh, and Leonard being the producer and the star, it's going to allow us to comment on what's going on without preaching at people. Because we all know what's going on in this country, but uh, there's people who aren't really getting the message, you know what I mean? Simon? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, well, I think it's, it's twofold. One is that at the end of the day, I think it's really important to remember that your obstacles are challenges instead of obstacles. It's look what you have around you, look what you have at your disposal, and figure out how to make it work for you, as opposed to sitting around saying, oh, I don't have this or I don't have that. There's, uh, if you have a good story and you have uh, and you have a way to tell it, even if it's on an iPhone, you will get that story out and people will find it if it's, if it's worth sharing. And the other thing I, I think that is important to keep in mind, especially with like the story of Black Star, is that it's, it, in, the, in the creative field, it's akin to like starting a vineyard. 
And when you buy a vineyard, it's kind of ridiculous to assume that you're going to have wine to sell in like a month. You're going to have to, you know, lose some crops. You're going to have to age some stuff in barrels for a really long time. You just can't it's a really good on. metaphor. So, you know, whenever you get frustrated that things aren't moving fast enough or that you made the first rounds of things and people didn't want it, there's constantly new people in charge, new people looking for content, new channels uh, showing up today's date. It doesn't really matter where it lives as long as it finds its audience. It will get shared. It will get talked about. So have patience and don't let your obstacles be obstacles. Let them be you know, ingredients in what you're doing. Yeah. This yeah. is bad. Yeah. Well put. This is, that we really dealt with this just to not give up. That's the beauty of a show like Black Stars. It takes advantage of hiccups and mistakes and, you know, first takes and, uh, you know, discontinuity. It all, it all bleeds into what makes this accidental humor so precious and, and such an enduring thing. There are still giant communities of, uh, of fans who just sit around watching bad movies and loving it. And there's something special about that. And people aren't like, there's something very different about what made an old bad movie great uh, than what makes a current bad movie just bad. You've been listening to JanetTheBeautyStyle.com, your beauty, entertainment, and lifestyle expert talk guide. I'm Janet Shieldstock, columnist, radio, and TV host. You can like me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, oh, and YouTube. For more fun and informative yes and celebrity interviews, log on to the website JanetTheBeautyStyle.com. Remember to love, laugh, and live your life with style. Let's take a moment to relax. Take a deep breath, inhale. And exhale. Again, inhale. And exhale. One more inhale. And exhale. As you go throughout the day, stop, take a pause, chill, and relax. Please keep in mind that all things which are impossible with man are possible with God.